0: Hello, what's up? Como se va? I'm Brady Josephson. I'm the host of the Generosity Freak Show, the podcast you're listening to. And on today's episode, we get to talk to Dana Suther. She's the Assistant Director of Strategic, excuse me, Strategic Solicitations at Kansas State University Foundation. And uh, we're talking about a giving day, so where they focus a lot of time and attention towards one campaign on one day. Uh, at K-State, they did this all in for K-State Day where they focus on actually one specific area. So not all the different areas of the university they picked one actually problem to solve and tried to rally their whole community and network of students and alumni around this one cause on this one day which is pretty interesting. And so in this episode Dana shares more about the pre-work going into that, the coordination, some of the communication tactics, techniques especially around email that they used and some of the kind of uh, additional benefits seen, whether Team or innovation that kind of came out of taking this approach on this day. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thank you as always for listening. Hi, Dana. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Hi. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. So I want to talk about your first giving day at K-State. But before that, maybe just give us a sense of like, how did you get into fundraising and the role that you're in in the first place?
1: Yeah. So I like to joke that I don't think many people grow up, um, you know, telling their parents, man, I really want to be a fundraiser someday when I grow up.
0: I don't think, I don't think so. I think you're right. Yeah.
1: I mean, it definitely wasn't um, my case. Um, At least it wasn't like on my radar, I think, until I was probably um, even maybe a year or so out of college. But um, I always just knew that I wanted to work with people. And so Mm -hmm. when I was younger, I would just say, you know, they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like, just around people. I just want to to help people. (laughs) And so however that looked, Um, which you can't really get a a degree in that. So that was kind of difficult. But um, (laughs) I did graduate from K-State, from Kansas State University with a public relations degree. Mm -hmm. So once I graduated, I worked on campus for a little bit and then got acquainted with the KSU Foundation. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And the work that they did and was really interested in like the nonprofit sector, Um, got a job there as a development coordinator. So that's Mm -hmm. where my fundraising world began, um, and then moved away from Manhattan for a little bit, went to um, fundraise for another school, came back to uh, my current position in April of 2017. So I've been here for two and a half years, and I love it. I think fundraising is something that you... It just like combines so many of my passions together into mm-hmm. one thing. It's like I found that job that I get to work with people and help people. Um, so that very non-specific job that I was talking about throughout my childhood, <laughs> yeah. um, I found it. So that's awesome. It's exciting.
0: No, that's great. Yeah, it's always interesting for me to hear how people uh, ended up, and almost all the time, it's it's not an accident, but it's it's yeah. was it wasn't the most intentional thing, which yeah, which I, I think mean, is always interesting.
1: I work with, um, over a hundred fundraisers and I don't think any of us have a degree in fundraising. So we all just, um, you know, found ourselves in this, in this industry and we love it, but it is definitely a niche, but it's something that I I hope to make a long career out
0: of. Yeah. Awesome. What's one, maybe one of the like most interesting or surprising things you've learned since you've been in, in the fundraising field?
1: Yeah. So this job, like I said, I think it's so different every single day. It's kind of cliche, but like every day is pretty interesting. But Mm -hmm. um, overall, um, one thing that is very interesting and just I I'm like continuously surprised by it is just the generosity of people. I Mm -hmm. think that, you know, when I tell people what I do for a living, um, sometimes I get the oh, wow. So you ask for money for a living, and it's almost like it's this negative thing, and um, it, it makes me laugh because I'm like, if you would see how passionate people are for the right. causes that they believe in, you would understand that asking for money is easiest part of it. I mean, like that's that's not um, you know I'm not I'm not fan handling and you know <laughs> with my hand right. out every day. I mean, we're we're truly helping people connect their dollars to their passions. And yeah. I'm always amazed by just how much this state has touched people's lives, even yeah. 30, 40 years down the road, and they want to give back and they want to help future generations. Um, right. I think that's the coolest part of doing what we do is just being able to, like, put those pieces together.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's interesting. And, yeah, I, I get that a lot, too. And it's like, well, if, if someone said, you know, I was like a, a shoe sales person yeah. you wouldn't be like what you sell shoes for a living right. it's like oh yeah you sell shoes but fundraising is like what yeah it's it's pretty interesting
1: i think people just have this like idea in their head that you know it's this of of what it is and it's and it's not and i mm-hmm. think that we um you know i'm like we're not forcing anyone <laughs> to do anything like people want to give back they want to help and we're here to help them um connect their you know their yeah. dollars to their passion and i think that's really really cool. And it, it always amazes me. I mean, just how extremely generous people are and how yeah. much they love K-State.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, let's talk more about K-State and particularly uh, initiative that you played a huge role in around Giving Day. Yeah, So, yeah. um, maybe like, help us uh, like walk through that a little bit but the first question is uh like why did you want to do a giving day in the first place like what was the problem you think it would solve or what did you and your team think it would achieve why do it in the first place
1: yeah so the topic of giving days obviously in the fundraising world is nothing new and it's something that we knew um you know, our our peers were doing, we knew other organizations and other nonprofits were doing them. Um, We, we didn't want to have a giving day just to have a giving day. Mm. And, you know, we kept coming back to this, this idea of this can't just be a check mark or a checkbox that we're marking off. This can't just be something, you know, that we're like, oh, well, we did it. Let's move on. If we're going to do it, it needs to be solving a problem. It yeah. needs to be um, something that is like serves a greater purpose. And so that's truly really how the idea of All In For K-State came about. Um, we obviously knew the benefits of having a giving day. You know, we saw the pros, but um, the thing that just kept being discussed was How is this different than what we're asking our donors to do every day? Every day we ask them to give to an area that they're passionate for. So if we have a giving day and it's set up in a traditional manner where four, five, six, seven funds or whatever are being featured, um, that's not really too different than what we're already doing. Like, how do we make this special? So that's kind of how the conversation got going. We had a couple of interns um, during the summer that uh, spent their whole summer um, researching giving days and what our peers were doing, wow. what other people were doing, um, using that information. then was made that, Yes, this is something that we should do. It's something we, we um, need to do, um, but we need to do it in a way that's uniquely K-State. So we knew um, that having a giving day at K-State could potentially mean great support for any one area at the university, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that we could, we could raise a lot of money in one day. And instead of putting that, um, putting those dollars into, you know, multiple funds, um, hundreds of funds, we could really take an idea from start to flourish. So what is something on campus who has a problem that can be solved with money? Mm -hmm. So that's really how the idea started.
0: Interesting. Well, I I like that you, you know, spend a lot of time researching, uh, trying to kind of differentiate or find like, what's the good or what's the bad? Because too often, it's kind of you go to a conference or you hear, that oh, this worked for one organization, and then you just kind of copy it without actually thinking about your own community, or how could yours be different? How could yours be better? So that's one of the things that I really like about the story. But then also focusing in on that one area is really what stood out when I heard about your giving day, because I do think that's one of the tough things. Like my alma mater had a giving day and it was just so all over the place. Right. It was like athletics and this and that. And it it, like the power of a giving day is like singular focus. Mm -hmm. And then as they started doing more and more, it kind of started losing singular focus, which I think makes it harder to manage. And so to, to focus on one area, particularly one kind of unique area, can you share more about what that one area was and how it was chosen?
1: Yeah. So, um, obviously this wasn't a decision that, um, took place, you know, overnight. This was something that within months, um, of saying, yes, we're going to do a giving day. Yes, it's going to be one fund. Um, it's going to be one area. What does that look like? So we actually have a, um, committee that was put together from, um, the KSU foundation is a, it's a separate entity from the university. So we are their strategic philanthropic partner, but we are not located on campus. We're a separate nonprofit, if that makes sense. And Mm -hmm. um, so is our athletics department and our alumni association. So we had partners from all of those organizations come together. So we had campus administration, we had student body government involved, um, obviously people from our building are involved, athletics. We all came together um, and they reviewed applications that were submitted and everyone had to have a problem that could be solved with money. And um, that- that say, seems really simple, like who doesn't have a problem that could be so solved right. with money. But it was something that had to be this very tangible, um, yeah. you know, something that could be easily um, a goal could be could be set. And we right. could say this is what we're going to do at the end of the 24 hours. So mm-hmm. that was really kind of how that decision process um, was put together. And yep. what I think is really cool about that is how you know, we do work within the foundation, you know, we work to fundraise for campus or for the university, but this was something all in was, it felt just so cool to see everyone, you know, from athletics and alumni and everyone's social media and everyone's just coming together and supporting this one day. It really did feel just like one K-State. We were Mm -hmm. all like, This is something we're all on board. We're all going to do. And it was really cool to see. So that's essentially why we chose the one area. And Cats Cover, like you said, is a a unique area. It was also something that um, required some education. We had a lot of donors, a lot of alumni, um, a lot of current students who didn't know that we had a food pantry on campus. And so that required just education within itself of saying, why should I support a food pantry, isn't every college student hungry? I mean, we heard that a lot of, <laughs> Right. you know, um, I went to college and I was hungry. So we had, um, luckily they had research, we had surveys and studies that showed um, just how food insecure our students were. And, mm. you know, it was, it was an opportunity to not only have a giving day and um, raise funds for this amazing program, but also to educate about a more widespread issue, so kind of yeah. like twofold.
0: I think that's. I mean, again, there's a few interesting things in there too, and you know, to have a, a solvable problem for students on campus and in food insecurity is like, oh yeah. When you think about it, you're like, of course, there's that's happening, and it's yes. a pretty easy problem to solve. And especially yeah. one of the challenges that you face in higher ed is like you know, hun- you hear about hundred million dollar pledges and these huge buildings. And then it's like, okay, I got, I got 50 bucks. Like yep, what am I going to do to really help in the grand scheme of things? So to be able to have something that's a lot more concrete and tangible, I thought was really smart. Yes. And to your point, sometimes when we go out to donors and this is another challenge for you at higher ed is here's like a million things that you could fund, right? Scholarships and funds <laughs> and bursaries and And it can maybe be overwhelming to a lot of donors who are like, you know what, I actually don't care that much. Like, I want to help K-State, you know, tell me. Or when we actually say, here's the one thing that I want you to do, and then they hear about something that they've never done. So there's this paradox of choice where sometimes in fundraising, it's like, oh, let donors choose. But then when you really study donors more, a lot of them are like, I don't want that many choices, you know? Right. So I thought that was another interesting thing that you got going on with, with this thing. So, okay. So you've got your... Your one kind of area, you've got this tangible need. uh, And then can you share briefly kind of like the mechanics of how this giving day worked? Like what was kind of the lead up process and what did the the campaign kind of look like?
1: Yeah, so that's kind of where things get intense. So um, (laughs) this is our first giving day and um, this is our our first time of doing anything really remotely like this. So um, if you can imagine the lead up, was required a lot of meetings Mm. and when i say meetings i mean like four or five hour meetings um where our department so strategic solicitations was in the room um our communications department our stewardship and donor engagement with um everyone's together so there's you know 20 people in a room together for hours just talking through okay so on February 1, what is this thing going to look like? On March 1, what's it going to look like? On March twenty seventh, wow. the day of our giving day, you know, what's so doing? What's communications doing? What's, what's social media doing? And I think what was really, really cool about the mechanics of this is that it all blended together. And it forced us to be able to, um, to work like that. I mean, I think so often, like in anywhere that you work, it's like, why well, do my job? You do your job they do their job yeah. but when you have to um, get out of your chair and take your job and overlap it with someone else's and someone else's it it just changes hmm. a lot and it changes the way i think that you work and the way that you think
0: yeah, interesting. and
1: um, i think one of the final products of all in is that we're still we're so much more comfortable working like that now hmm. than we were a year ago i mean we do things now that it just kind of like blows my mind i'm like wow we uh we're able to to pull things off that um i don't know if we would have attempted before because right. we were so you know it's it, it's it's difficult to work um interdepartmentally but also like on top of each other and on top of processes and you know yeah. overlapping timelines and and email drops and all of those things. So as you can imagine, the mechanics definitely took a lot of meetings and talking, but um, once that was all through, we essentially came up with, you know, our branding concept, um, what the solicitations and the emails would look like, what the social media would look like, what the ambassador kids, what those would um, contain. And then also for stewardship and then, you know, days weeks, months after what that would look like. So that was really all of our, um, our process. We started early January of, yeah. Early January is when we actually started with the meetings. So, um, we had two months, well, three months of just a whirlwind. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of work.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a lot to get through in a few months. Um, the one thing that I think is, is really interesting is, uh, or like you talk about this being kind of like a catalyst type event for you know collaboration and teamwork yeah. and it's so often that we don't actually have shared goals with people that we work with all the time and that that what creates a lot of stress so higher ed obviously you've got tons of different departments but even you know more other nonprofits there's like marketing and comms and fundraising and development yeah. or whatever and they're all kind of slightly different and they don't often have shared goals and it's just it's such a simple Thing, but if like if what I'm working towards and what you mm-hmm. are working towards is the same thing, yeah, then we will just naturally figure out like how to work together. Yes. So it it sounds simplistic, but it's amazing when that actually happens. You know yeah. how it just you know brings people together to work. And together. I
1: think what's what was really cool about it is you know, I one of my favorite parts of my job is is truly the people I work with. They're Oh, very talented. And they're amazing. And so being in a room full of um, people who are just like masters at what they do, and then like learning from them, you know, and, and knowing that months later, I know now more way more about, which is an area I've never worked in um, Interesting, yeah. than ever before. And being able to, like you said, it's not something you maybe would seek out like would I have ever taken right. time out of my day to learn about um, what their department does on a daily basis? Probably not because I have, right. you know, my own goals and my own work. But when you um, are really forced to, to get out of your comfort zone and and do things and pull off this day together, it's really, really cool. And it's something we we talk a lot about every single person in this building is a fundraiser, whether you have a frontline development job um, or you're like me and you never meet with a donor or, you know, you're an Mm -hmm. accounting or stewardship. um, Everyone is a fundraiser and all in proved that. I mean, I think until we really did this giving day, I think that was easy for some people to be like, no, but I don't really, I don't really fundraise, you know, like that's other people. But I think something like all in shows you like, no, every single person in this building is truly a fundraiser. And it was so cool to see that, um, that happened and that come together.
0: Yeah. No, and, and I like I nerd think- out
1: talking about it. <laughs> that- <laughs>
0: that uh that mindset that you know everyone maybe not everyone's a fundraiser but everyone has a very important role to to play in fundraising is is hugely critical because again the more that we study fundraising the more that we know that it's actually like customer service someone's experience with the nonprofit with their communications like all these things are actually often more important in the grand scheme about you know when we send the letter and what the letter looks like which is important don't get me wrong But, you know, like someone's personal experience with that professor that they had at K-State basically uh, will dictate how generous they'll be towards K-State into the future. Absolutely. And if they had a crappy experience, there's not much you can do on the strategic, you know, solicitations end of things. Right. So, again, it's that cultural side of, of fundraising yeah. that I think we often undervalue. So it's neat to hear kind of these aha moments coming together or like, oh, yeah, yeah like how do we do this better? And
1: it's like if every single time they get a they get a uh, letter from me in the mail and they see that beautiful picture of Anderson hall (laughs) and campus. Um, what's the first thing that comes to mind and you know what, what is hard about, about my job sometimes is I can't control that. You know, I can't control the amount of um, student loans they may have or their experience at campus and, um, or, or, you know, a bad roommate situation they had that just like completely tarnished their college years. I don't know. I mean, whatever it is. Yeah. I can't control that. But there are so many people who when they get those are like, oh, man, K-State, that's my home. You know, that's where I met my husband or that's where <laughs> yeah. I, I spent a lot of nights in Aggieville. And so, yeah, it, it's very cool.
0: Um, One of the interesting things uh, about giving days that I'm always interested to find out, and I'm curious to how you guys did this, but like what was the the communication? Maybe even just talk specifically about email just because I know there's a lot of communications going around. But like how far in advance did you start kind of talking about the day? (sighs) How many emails did you send like on the day? Just give us a, a snapshot of what that looked like.
1: So um, when I kind of talked about the overlapping of departments, one of the things that overlapped were um, the email sends, which I think is kind of, it, it was cool to see. So we um, started, back up for a second, in strategic solicitations, I do the email solicitations as well as the mail solicitations. So when I was in those meetings, I'm thinking, obviously, how am I going to solicit through email the day of? Is mail going to be included um, you know, this is a a primarily digital thing. So, um, how is that going to work? And then our communications team sends out all emails to our constituents who that don't include an ask. So from their lens, they're thinking, you know, the pre-communication. Um, so they actually started February one, they dropped a teaser video, this beautiful video that our video production team did, um, that just teased at the idea of a giving day, like, a. It's coming to K State thing. And uh, we didn't tell them what it was. We told them, obviously, it was a giving day. It was March 27th, but we didn't tell them um, what the fundable idea would be. You know, we said uh, to be yeah.
0: a little DVD. mystery. Yeah.
1: Yeah, a little mystery. It was cool. Um, and then March 1 was the handoff. So that whole month of February where we're leading up and um, creating. The, uh, the mystery with the communications, that all came from the communications team. March 1 was the handoff to me. So that's when really the first um, of the solicit, well, solicitation, I use that word loosely. The first one that went out on, on March first was essentially just a video um, announcing that it was cat's cover, announcing that this was going to be us eliminating food insecurity at K-State. And then um, the week... Uh, the day before, we had more tease, teaser emails going out. And then the day of, I had um, segmentations. And I won't get into all these segmentations because I'm sure most people, that's probably boring. But It's, I, it's so not great on a podcast yet. <laughs> yeah, basically, I basically um, broke it down, you know, to our alumni, our young alumni. Those things. Um, so we have four or five different groups and we sold, or we, we sent four emails throughout the day, gotcha. um, the day of, and then the next morning, um, I did my handoff to our stewardship and donor engagement team and they sent the, look what we did email, um, cool. the next day. So yeah, it and was, it, it was a collective effort for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And did you have a set financial goal coming into the day and was that stated publicly?
1: It was not stated publicly, but internally, I can tell you that our goal was a million dollars. So that wasn't a goal that we announced. In in all honesty, we really we didn't know. Um, yeah, I I think we we knew in our heart of hearts, you know, between that three to four to five hundred thousand was going to probably be what it was going to look like.
0: Yeah. Um So. So it, in those, what yeah. I, what I was trying to get at is. Um in those emails throughout the day, would you provide like an update and say like, hey, here's how much is raised and this is how much, you know, food it means or, you know, how did you kind of keep the momentum going in the day?
1: Yeah, at the bottom of my emails, um, obviously the very, very first email didn't, but the other ones throughout the day had a like a little ticker at the bottom that Mm -hmm. had the running total. And then the giving page that we directed everyone to also showed real time donations. And I think what that is, was cool that we we were just able to see something happen. I think so often like in fundraising too, you know, you see these these donations come in and it's like, they trickle in, right? Like little by little and little. Um, but the day of all in, you could just sit and, and yeah. watch the total and you're like, yay! I mean, it was like instant gratification. It was so cool. Yeah. So, um, no, there was never a goal. I think gotcha. partly because this thing will look different for... The next program as it mm-hmm. looked for Cat's Cover. I mean, what $320,000 can do for Cat's Cover is different than what it might be able to do for our next fundable idea. And so I think instead of saying, you know, our goal each year is to raise $500,000, it's, yeah. you know, our goal is to solve this problem. And yeah. part of the problem was, Educating. Part of it was getting more visits. Part of it was, um, you know, getting more food on the shelves. So mm-hmm. we had a lot of in-kind donations of food that day. Mm, we had a corporate sponsorship um, come forward and um, give us a fifty thousand uh, yeah. dollar donation. So, so I think we we counted all of those things in our in our. Total for the yeah. day, you know. Yeah. What I mean, just being able to see their visits increase and their and the the knowledge of cats covered on campus. So yeah, yeah no public goal.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's because inter- you know goals are great to to set, and then you've got a target. I think what's interesting on the fundraising side is we always set financial goals, or traditionally we set financial mm-hmm. goals, and those are very like internal type goals, right? Right. Like we want to raise $500,000 because our job is to raise $500,000. And some donors really like that, right? Like here's a goal and we're all kind of connected to goals. Like we want to see goals reached. But again, for the average donor, like... A five hundred thousand is a huge amount, and B, like mm-hmm. I don't really care about that money. I want to know what it does. So again, right. what what I think is so smart about your positioning is solving a problem, which is something that everyone can get behind. Yeah, and uh, exactly. we've we've seen in, in our research more when we position a goal in terms of not mo- monetary, but even just number of donations. So instead of it being like a hundred thousand dollar goal, it's like the goal for today is to get you know ten thousand gifts. Because then if I give five or the next person gives 50,000, like we're each contributing towards that amount and we find that to be actually more motivating than like the classic goal thermometer, right? So that could be another, you know, unique approach moving into next year or some other kind of campaign or something like that.
1: I think what's cool is we had 115 first time donors on that day. Cool. And so, you know, that isn't a goal that you would, you know, announce to the public. Yeah. Know, and be course. like, our goal for today is <laughs> to get <laughs> hundred new donors. Right. Um, that's not something that we that we would say to them. Right. But internally, I mean that that's awesome for us. That's great because you know, I'm thinking dollars and donors every day. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, if you if we put out this monetary goal. You can get very hung up on it and I'm kind of a, a big believer of soft ROI as well as hard <laughs> ROI. I think we learn a lot from everything we do, even if yeah. we necessarily don't hit the monetary goal. Um, yeah. We didn't hit a million dollars, but um, we did definitely solve a problem for Cat's Cover, which yeah, I think which
0: is the main goal. Yeah, totally. Ultimate goal. So you mentioned some of the, the results in there. Um, mm-hmm. Can you just give us a sense of what the final results kind of were? Or some of the key outcomes from the day, soft or hard? Yes. So
1: um, I would say the main one obviously would be dollars raised, which I'm sure is everyone. It's the thing everyone's um, thinking about. So 320,560 was the total dollars. And that came from, um, 1,436 donors. Cool. So that was another big thing for us too, was just donor count. And yeah. we, you know, we shared that number, um, of donors in the impact report. And I think that's important because yeah, at K-State, we talk a lot about the K-State family and you, you kind of hear that over and over again in K-State stuff. Um, we talk a lot about family and this day really showed we all pulled together 1,436 of us pulled together and yeah. solved a problem. And um, so yeah, that was part of it. Um, to give you a little bit of an idea, that m- amount is two years budget for Cats Cover. Wow. So it was definitely a game changer for them and it continues to be That's awesome. um, for them and it's it's changed a lot. Um, so their visits have increased, obviously that was another goal. We wanted knowledge, hmm. we wanted um, to increase engagement with them and students, we have the corporate sponsorship I already talked about. And then also kind of a little side project that popped up um, is we have little, little satellite food pantries now on campus. So we have one in our College of Veterinary Medicine. Um, our vet med students aren't often able to leave um, their buildings and go to the main campus because mm. they're super busy. So um, we actually have a little... Um, pantry right in one of their buildings that they can go and get everything that's available at cats cover right there We cool. also have one on our Salina campus which is our Polytechnic campus um, and it just again kind of shows this we're all K State family um, whoever needs help let's find a way yeah. to help them sort of thing so.
0: Awesome. So what's, what's next? Are you going to do all in for K-State again? Is it going to be called something else? Okay. So mm-hmm. what, uh, without sharing like obviously the fundable idea and secret information, but like, I
1: actually don't know it. So it's fine. Okay. The Applications are due tomorrow. So oh, I, I don't think, yeah they probably <laughs> wouldn't have let me on this podcast if I <laughs> all right. if like, Oh no, Dana will slip. No, um, I don't know it. I don't even know who the applications are. So okay. um, nothing will be given away, but we are definitely going to do it. So we're in application process right now. I think something, that changed this year from last year is before the applications were due, they held workshops, which mm. I think was really cool. They invited campus partners over and held a workshop for all in and saying, you know, this is what we're looking for. This is, you know, if you have any questions about the application, you know, yeah. this is what you should include. Um, because after all in, you know, March 28th, 2019, everyone's yeah. like, Oh
0: yeah, this is cool we should do this
1: next year. So um, we had a lot of interest cool. this year,
0: which is really cool. So
1: we'll definitely do it again.
0: And what what um, what would you do differently or what do you, you have planned to kind of try this year that you maybe didn't do last year or what's going to be, you know, something that you're going to add into the mix?
1: Yeah. So um, we created the campaign for All In with the idea that it it needs to be repeatable. We don't necessarily, as much as we love each other, want to sit in these four or five hour meetings every single year and talk about this stuff. We wanted it to be kind of a, let's, let's hash this thing out the first year and then Mm -hmm. the subsequent years we're going to know what we're doing. So a lot of it will remain the same. I think what um, for my department, things that will change will be segmentation will obviously change Mm -hmm. um, because I don't know what the idea will be, but it won't be a food pantry. So we won't be able to speak to, you know, your $15 gift will do X, Y, Z. So, you know, it could be something where those smaller gifts, you know, might be a little bit harder to show the impact Mm -hmm. for. So um, my messaging obviously will change. One thing, one big thing that will change is after All In, I think actually a couple days, the week after, we had two digital development officers at the foundation mm. so their job is to fundraise um digitally mm-hmm. just as it sounds <laughs> and they they do that through social media engagement and reaching out to our donors online um, i see their role having a big impact on this year's yeah. all in they've been doing a lot of work with you know what people are interacting with and on social media and how they're interacting and how they're giving. And I just think taking everything we learned from last year and applying it to this year, um, it will be very different, but very much the same. You know, I think the fundamentals will still be there, but we, um, uh, one of my colleagues and I, we attended um, the, the Neo summit, the, this, summer, September, <laughs> it was still hot. In yeah. Kansas, so it was still summer. Um, so we, we learned a lot of great things about testing. And so we've been testing our data a lot more and just cool. seeing, um, you know, what people really respond to and how are we optimizing our emails. So I think things will definitely look different, but yeah. the fundamentals will still be there.
0: Yeah. Cause I think that, that's obviously we're always thinking about, you know, testing and something like a giving day, I think is really interesting in what you could potentially test whether because you should get a lot more volume because it's all focused on one day so whether it's the donation page that you point to like you could run a cool test there or if you have a large segment like you know alumni who've given or something like that you know splitting them into two and seeing like what if we sent one uh, an email every hour that was just like a small little update and the other one got the standard four like there's some pretty neat things that you could test in a focused environment with more volume that would be really difficult to test right. all year long. Right. So you'll have to keep us posted on, on what experiments yeah. you run and what you've learned. Yeah.
1: Well, Yes. Yeah, so we started uh, a, a little test tracker so we can um, like Excel sheets. So we can keep track of all these things. Cause I'm like, we're going to start cool. testing stuff. And then I know, right. That was
0: awesome.
1: That was one of our takeaways of like, we have to make sure that we're remembering all of these things that we're testing and that we're, we're applying what we learned. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this this year. I will get to enjoy the holidays. We'll start the new year (laughs) and and then then it'll be off to the races. So
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for, for kind of, uh, sharing more about what you've done and this idea. Um, before we close, do you have any like tips or advice for people who are maybe listening, thinking like, Oh wow, this giving day thing seems cool. Uh, any tips or advice (laughs) for them?
1: So, um, I think my biggest piece of advice is, to do what works for you, you know, Kansas State University, um, I'm very biased, but I think it is a very, very special place. And our donors and our alumni, um, they're just special to K-State and they love K-State. And so what works for us, and I mean, you said it earlier, what works for one organization isn't going to work for everyone. And so, you know, whoever is listening out there going, man, you know, we should do this exact same thing. I I would say my advice would be to think about how, um, how it benefits your organization and how Mm -hmm. that looks for you for us. And for the K-State family, it made sense to say, look, guys, we're going to all come together. We're going to knock this thing out and we're going to all give to cat's cover and we're going to solve a problem, but that may not work for you. Um, I think the other piece of advice I would have is to get as many people on board as possible. Mm -hmm. We had so many people, um, just coming together and working together and, and I think that made a world of difference. So yeah. that would be like my second, I mean, it's kind of like a simple, like, well,
0: uh, no, but it's, it's key for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just have, get everyone on board that you can.
0: Yeah. And early too, right?
1: Yes. And early. <laughs> yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Where, where can people find out more about either this campaign or you and this yeah. work? Yeah. So um, the KSU foundation's website, you
1: can go there. It's, uh ksufoundation.org and that will have links to everything and um I think some like the landing page for last year
0: is still up. Um, yeah. Awesome. we'll, we'll be sure Check to send out. that out. Well Dana, thank you again so much for taking this time and sharing with us your amazing work.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I typically, you know, I'm a huge podcast fan. I usually listen to true crime, but <laughs> Fundraising podcast is like a close second, Brady. So, like, (laughs) it's a close second.
0: All right. (laughs) Well, appreciate it. Hey, this is Brady, and I just want to say thank you for listening to The Generosity Freak Show. If you want to get all future episodes, please be sure to subscribe at generosityfreakshow.com, or you can just search The Generosity Freak Show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have comments, questions, feedback, you can email us at podcast at after. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, the Generosity Freak Show is produced by Next After, where I work. NextAfter is an online fundraising research lab that works with nonprofits to help them grow their online fundraising. And our mission is to unleash the most generous generation in the history of the world. You can learn more about us and what we're up to and see our latest research at nextafter.com. Lastly, this show would not be possible without my co-host, Tim Kuchiriak, and our amazing mixologist and producer, Nathan Hill. So many, many thanks to them. So thank you again for listening, and we will see you next week.